When you think of home, what sounds come to your mind? Perhaps it's the, the sound of traffic or even birdsong. Maybe you think of the sounds of your local cafe or the, the muffled music from a nearby pub. But how would you feel if that soundscape was suddenly ripped apart by war? Ukrainian composer and electronic musician Hainali has transformed years of pre-war audio recordings of the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, into a time capsule of ambient sound and memories of a city now besieged in his album, Kiev Eternal. Hainali joins me now. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You've been collecting recordings of your home city, Kiev, for about a decade now. What exactly have you recorded and, and what inspired you to bring these sounds together for your album, Kiev Eternal? I'd say it's a mix of personal recordings as well as the recordings that were made specifically for sound art projects. So personal pro- personal recordings are basically everything. I recorded everything around me as soon as I uh, bought my first uh, pocket field recorder. And the special recordings are were dedicated to the sounds that made Kiev Kiev, that made uh, like sound identities of Kiev, something like that, like this. And both of these uh, recordings feature on the Kiev Eternal album. You said you felt like you needed to protect the city from harm, but and you really didn't want to do this, but kind of felt you had to. Yes. Uh, well, when I returned back from Lviv, I spent the first first month of the war in Lviv. It's a city in the western part of Ukraine. Mm. And I returned to Kiev after the Battle of Kiev was over. And I experienced this feeling of uh, Kiev as if it's a being, a living being, uh, you know, uh, a breathing thing. And you wanted to protect it from harm, to hug it, to embrace it, to, to do something about it. But obviously you couldn't because it's a city. And it's, it wasn't just me, it was my friends and colleagues as well. And I wanted to, as an artist, I thought that this is a very interesting, interesting experience. But back then I didn't know how I can work with it. Uh, and only when I was invited uh, to a art residency in Cologne, Germany, I suddenly figured out, I, I took a, a hard drive, backup hard drive with me with archival recordings. Uh, and I realized that I actually have all the necessary, you know, uh, material to to do it, to actually make an artistic uh, expression about this feeling. You've said your music is a, an exploration of acoustic ecology. Can you just explain for people what that is? Oh, that's just the sounds around you. It's just, you know, offensive about describing this. It's basically the sounds that you experience, a soundscape of the city, if you want. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, in, in regards to Kiev Eternal, it's the sounds that make Kiev Kiev and that make like were, were, that were present in Kiev during the peaceful times. Some of them actually present uh, in Kiev during war times as well. So uh, not all of them were, you know, went extinct. You previously composed a soundtrack for a PlayStation game called Bound, I think. Did that experience of building a, a soundscape for an in, entire world uh, influence or inform how you built the album for Kiev? Uh, in some way, maybe. Uh, it's just... Um, in video games, they have a very different 
types of structure uh, with music. It's uh, it's called dynamic music. It changes uh, with the like with what player is doing. For example, if if they decide to return to previous location, the music will change. If there are enemies nearby, the music will change. So it's a different way of uh, thinking about music. So, but music in Key Eternal is uh, obviously not not dynamic, but it's layered as well. So probably layers are uh, the thing that uh, is in common. You've described the uh, audio loops you work with as memory loops. How so? Uh, this, you know, I think that our memories are structured like loops. Kind of every time you remember th- something, it's like a loop of this uh, of, the, of this memory uh, of this event. But uh, the more you remember it, the more kind of it changes. It, I wouldn't say it, it, it is degrade. It is degraded, but it, it, it transforms into something different with every remembrance of it. So, um, kind of like uh, an audio loop, for example, played on tape. You could uh, rem- we could recall, for example, the William Basinski's disintegration loops about the nine eleven in the United States with this idea. So, Keith Eternal is kind of um, a bit similar to that. How has the war changed the soundscape of Kyiv? Well, during the Battle of Kyiv, it was changed dramatically. Basically, all of the sounds that you would experience during the peaceful lives were, life went away uh, and were replaced by different sounds, by shots, explosions. But after actually uh, after the Battle of Kyiv was over and after I returned to Kyiv, I remember this particular experience of um, getting stuck in a traffic jam f- for the first time uh, after the war. Uh, and I was absolutely elated about it. It was exciting experience because it meant that all this horrible noise of a traffic jam, it meant that the city is back to life. The album is indeed a, a tribute to your home city, a farewell to a place in time and space which will exist only in our memory. Do you feel as though Ukraine may never be the same after the war? Yeah, it definitely won't be the same, uh, ab- absolutely, because um, every past has its future, like uh, in every past we have a vision of a, of a future uh, and our past unfortunately was taken from us with our vision of the future that past had and we have to develop our new, we will have to develop our new vision of the future uh, once uh, after the war. Ukrainian composer Hanali is talking about his new album Kiev Eternal here on RN Drive. And when the invasion began in February 2021, Hanali, you uh, initially sought refuge in Lviv. You found other displaced musicians with whom you, you worked on a live-streamed concert from an underground bomb shelter. Can you tell us what that performance was like? Yes, at first, actually, we streamed them from the Vedel School. It's an electronic music school uh, my friend owns in Lviv. But then, as the air raid alarms were more frequent, uh, we moved the uh, live streaming equipment and, like, basically, we uh, moved all, all this stuff to to the nearest bomb shelter. Uh, they felt actually not as music concerts because we tried to, to do fundraising with these uh, streams to, you know, to invite people uh, from the West to support Ukrainian armed forces and humanitarian aid. So, yeah, it, it felt more like activism and probably also it was a therapy for us artists uh, trying to preserve our artistic identity during the war because once the war starts, everything changes and you don't really know who you are anymore. And to do something uh, to contribute to the effort as well, no doubt. You use a very intricate-looking modular synthesizer during your live performances. Can you just describe what this tool is and, and how you use it to, to craft your soundscapes? 
Sure. A uh, modular synthesizer is actually not that different from a regular synthesizer you, you, you can buy in a music store. Uh, the, the only difference is that well, uh, when the regular synthesizer, it consists of modules as well, but these modules are connected by the synthesizer designer. But in modular synthesizer, you basically buy these modules one by one and you build your system together that, uh, f- for you personally that would uh, you know, allow you to achieve your artistic goals. So my system is dedicated to e- improvisation and generative music. Generative music is like self-playing music, basically. You set up a synthesizer in a way that it performs music itself with very small contribution, uh, human contribution. Uh, and uh, it's also influenced by medieval music, uh, medieval polyphony and early Renaissance polyphony. And you almost left it behind when fleeing from the initial Russian attack in Kiev, is yes. that right? Yes, yes, if not for my girlfriend who told me <laughs> specifically that you should take it. Because you can't really think straight. Uh, it's it's a very chaotic, like, you know, uh, time time frame. And you can't really think straight and you, you don't really know what, what, what to take with you. So, yeah, I owe that to her, definitely. A big debt indeed. You've worked with Musicians Defend Ukraine Group, raising money. How important has culture and the arts been for Ukrainians through this time? Uh, I think it's uh, very important right now because... Uh, Still, Ukrainian culture is very underrepresented abroad. And in part, it's not only because of lack of interest uh, in Europe, for example, for Ukrainian culture. It's also because we don't really have a centralized uh, cultural policy, strategic cultural policy in Ukraine uh, in exporting Ukrainian culture, for example. Uh, So, yes, and culture is a soft power that does wonders, but it does it in long term. If someone wanted to continue to explore the sounds of Ukraine, where do you recommend they start? Well, we actually have a lot of field recordings uh, enthusiasts who record uh, the soundscapes of uh, wartime Ukraine as well. Uh, so you can just search for, for these kind of recordings. They are available online. And get a real sense of what the reality is for you all. What do you hope listeners take away from your music? Uh it depends really who the listener is, because uh, for Ukrainians, actually, I hope that uh, we will be able to will be able able to still hold on to the hope of the future and to be able to think about what our future should be like uh, and how it's different from the future that we lost. Hanali will be performing tomorrow night at the Dom Polsky Centre in Adelaide as part of Illuminate Adelaide. Hanali, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.